Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hello, hello, and welcome to Business of Design, episode 137. We are going to make it magnetic with Valerie Foley. Valerie is a great friend of mine, and I believe, like she believes, that making your business magnetic, making it attractive to potential clients, starts as an inside job, especially because we are in a service industry. You are your business, so you not only have to do the work to make sure you are positive and enthusiastic on behalf of your clients, but you also want to be clear and present to your own well-being or else the work is just too hard to manage. You will hear Valerie describe some of the things she does to make sure she has her creative channels cleared for the work she does. She's a writer who works in the madcap world of advertising, and so she turns to daily meditation. She has a DMT practice, dance meditation therapy practice. That sounds really fun to me. Massage, reflexology, Reiki all kinds of things that help her stay balanced. But Valerie is clear that each of us feeds our soul in a unique way. For you, it might be playing baseball or playing basketball. I don't know. Maybe it's long walks on the beach or tough hikes in the mountains. Maybe it's a hot bath or a cup of tea. When I take care of myself in that way, it gives me space to create. Not just create beautiful interiors for my clients, but also to create ideas and to give myself enthusiastically to those projects. There are no shortcuts. For example, when we talk about marketing, we want to make sure that we understand exactly who we're talking to. If you don't know who your ideal client is and you aren't speaking directly to that ideal client with all your marketing materials and every touch point, you're missing a great opportunity to be truly magnetic. It's a rich episode with a dear friend, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's check in with Cheryl Horn. Hey, Cheryl, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? You know what? I'm feeling really great. I have a dear friend on the show, and you got to meet Valerie Foley when we were at Business of Design Elite Retreat in Santa Monica. So her episode is airing today. Yeah, she was lovely. It was really great that she got to join us for the retreat. What was funny about that is um, she was listening to some of the learning at the retreat, and she's always worked for agencies. So she's always been on staff, always kind of a corporate environment, and she's been thinking about going out on her own. So she says she wants to join Business of Design now, even though she's not an interior designer, because she needs all the skills that we all need to run a creative business. So that was kind of an unusual outcome to her visiting our Business of Design Elite Retreat. Yeah, she was just joining us for fun, and now she's got a new career direction. I love it. Okay, what's our new direction coming up, Cheryl? Well, we're all hands on deck getting ready for the Business of Design Conference in Las Vegas. So we announced last week that we do have a contest going on, and you still have a few more days to enter if you haven't already. Two designers are going to win a ticket to the conference valued at $13.95. The Business of Design Conference is happening at Las Vegas Market on January 25th and 26th. And if you head to um, Business of Design on Facebook or Instagram, you can still enter to win until November 7th. 
All right. Facebook or Instagram, you have to like us, which you already do, right? So follow us and like us and uh, let us know that you support the work that we do in the community. So that's one thing you have to do. And then you have to make a comment in the post, Cheryl, or what do you have to do? So once you've liked us or followed us, uh, you're going to like the post and you're going to tag three friends in the comment section so that those designers have a chance to win as well. Ooh, and I said this last week, but I am really hoping somebody who needs the conference, who really needs it and wants it, right? Because you can need it, but not want it. So both of those things must be true. I'm hoping somebody who needs it and wants it wins. I hope it's you if that describes your situation. And also somebody who's going to put the work in. It's two full days of intense learning and you can really transform your business and make it your best year yet if you're willing to take those learnings and implement them as soon as you get back to your office. You absolutely can. And we had a member reach out to us. Her name is Jill. I haven't asked her permission, so I don't want to say her last name, but she amplified her profits this year by 10 times. I've never heard that before. I've heard three times, four times, quadrupled. I've never heard anyone say she added a zero to her profits. So this could be you and it should be you and it should be all of us. We hope to see you at the Business of Design Conference January 25th and 26th. And of course, you don't have to wait to win the contest in order to join us. So full details are at businessofdesign.com and registration is open and space is limited. So get your ticket today. I'm glad you mentioned space is limited. I have been forgetting to say that. We will sell out. So if you're sitting on the fence, now's the time to act. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Thank you. This episode of your favorite podcast, Business of Design, is brought to you by our friends at Build Lane. Build Lane is an amazing app that allows you, the hardworking interior design professional, to produce quality custom furniture from the comfort of your own office. It sounds easy because it is easy. Yes, you may have heard me speak about Build Lane before. It has been an amazing experience to work with them. So we were really happy when they decided to return as an exclusive sponsor of Business of Design podcast. There are a number of reasons I love working with Build Lane, including the fact that the lead times are short, they remind me to pay attention to the details, and they produce quality custom furniture my clients will love while still allowing me to be profitable. That's important to me in my business, and I know it's important to you as well. Right now, you can get yourself a free account at BuildLane, and you'll be immediately eligible to take $250 off your first purchase. Not bad. What are you waiting for? Go to businessofdesign.com and click on the Build Lane ad or go directly to buildlane.com backslash BOD. You'll be glad you did. And thank you, Build Lane, for your continued support of Business of Design and the important work we do here and for servicing this incredible community of hardworking professional interior designers. And now back to the show. Hey, everybody. This is my really good friend, Valerie Foley. How you doing today, Val? It's so good to be here. Thanks for having me, Kim. Are you kidding? When I think of someone who's creative but also knows how to stay in equilibrium and take care of herself and move through life with grace, you are my number one thought for sure. 
Oh, that is that. Uh, those are lovely words. Thank you so much. I'm honored. I have to tell everybody what your bio says because I think it's the best bio I've ever read. It says Valerie Foley is a creative shepherd, idea finder, and writer. Most of her career has been spent in advertising. She started out in New York City, went to the Martin Agency in Richmond, Virginia, and is now creative director. I love this part too, Val. It says she loves helping clients profit and succeed in our crazy upside down anything goes new marketing world. In fact, and I'm going to brag about you a little bit, I know you led a creative SWAT team that produced $365 million in incremental revenue in one year for one of your Fortune 500 companies. So you've got a lot of big clients with a lot of big brands on the line and they have serious budgets and you have to somehow take care of them and shepherd them to something that looks like a win in terms of marketing and branding. Does that kind of sum it up? Yes. I mean, what's lovely is that I'm surrounded by so many people who help me do that. I never do that alone. Um, I've worked with so many incredibly talented writers and art directors and executive creative directors and account people and producers. And so we never do this alone, but yes, um, that's a challenge is to help people carve out a marketing position and make some money. Cause that's the end game, right? You want to get your name out there, be noticed and be profitable. So two things I want to say about that. I wonder if there was ever a man in the entire universe who when complimented threw it right back to his team. I kind of, I'm scratching my head. I can't think of one, right? Like that's such a female thing to do. Like, well, thank you, but I've been surrounded by these powerful, positive, amazing, incredibly talented people my whole life. Like, is that a female thing? Well, you know, there. I think, thank you for that compliment, but I think there, I've known some men who do that too. I think if they're smart, they do, because I think it really is a team sport. And, um, you know, I think we each play a role. So honestly, that's truly how I feel about it. So... And that ties in really nicely but. to what we do as interior design professionals as well. Our budgets are smaller, but our desire to run companies that have a strong brand that appeal to the clients we want to attract is the same, right, as a Fortune 500 company. Well, it's true, you know, no matter what size your company is, everybody wants to be successful. And so, you know... I think you in your head decide how successful you want your business to be, right? What are you creating for yourself? You and I, when we were talking the last time we got together, we're saying that, you know, some of the interior designers that you work with, that you help mentor, they'll say, oh, I'm just a part-time interior designer, you know? So you in your head begin to craft and create what your possibilities are. So really... I believe we're all limited, limitless in many ways. So what's your outside edge? Where are you comfortable? And it's okay to be to have a part-time business and say that's what you want to do if that's truly what you want. I mean, everybody can create exactly what they want. So I think it's just having that clarity at the beginning about what you're creating. How do we ever get that message into our bones that you can actually craft and create and shape your destiny by thinking about it in advance and determining where those outer edges are. I like how you put that. But how do you go from, gee, I don't know everything and maybe I have a lack of confidence to 
putting that powerful messaging together so that you can absorb it? That is such a good question. I mean, I think we all wrestle with that all the time. I find I have to work on myself a lot. I have to remember to stay positive. I have a lot of fundamental supports that I use in my life to stay centered and stay positive. And I think, you know, I think we decided to call this talk, you know, about magnetic attraction, right? Making you, making your message magnetic. And I think, you know, if you think about a magnet attracting things and think about the people in your life who attract you to them, they tend to be more positive. They tend to um, see possibilities. They tend to be passionate about what they're doing. And we all have our days where we get low or we have the energy and the life sucked out of us. And so I think, especially for creative people, it's how, what tools do you use in your life to clear out all the junk, you know, and, and keep yourself centered and feeling good. For me, I have to do a lot of things. I do, you know, I meditate. I try to meditate every day. And I learned that from a lovely lady um, who taught me heart-based yoga. And she described it as, you know, when you first start meditating, it's going to take a while to kind of get centered to get the hang of it because you've got a lot, think of a lot of garbage bags stored in this tall skyscraper and you're really clearing out all the garbage bags. And when you get rid of all the garbage bags, suddenly there's all this space and you find that space, that inner space through meditation. So I do that. I do all kinds of, I, I dance, I do um, something called dance meditation technique, which I love. I just came from there actually. And, you know, I'll do gong baths, I, I go get Reiki. I know I saw sound very alternative here, but these are the things that help me. Somebody else might like to run. Somebody might like to go pray in a church regularly. Like whatever it is that helps you stay in the right head space is what you should be doing. So it goes back to something that I think... Well, it absolutely reminds me of you. The very first name of my company when I went to design school, I turned to you and I said, I don't have a name for my company. And you gave me, I think, the best name ever, an inside job. And I loved it because to me, I knew intuitively that if I don't take care of myself first, I'm not going to be able to take care of any clients at all. So for me, that was just the most beautiful name. And it's something I've carried with me forever. So thank you for that. Oh, you're so welcome. Yeah, it's years ago, I think. I actually have a photo <laughs> of myself and I think it's Raleigh, my youngest, She's really little in the photo, and it's like Christmas morning, and someone made me a sign that said an inside job with my cool logo that you created. And I was just like, I just so arrived. I'm here. I'm ready to take over the universe. <laughs> and look at you. You're like, you had this great career trajectory. I love it. Like, you know, I think you are somebody that imagines a lot of possibilities for yourself, and that's why you're successful. That's why you're mentoring other designers and you know being such a great light in the business so yeah it's like you can think of all kinds of possibilities for yourself and just stay open to them 
I meet so many designers who aim so low. I just want to find a couple clients. I just need one project. I just want to make a name for myself in the little city that I live in or the little town that I live in. I just want to make the next client happy. Like nothing's wrong with any of those goals. They're fantastic goals. But I think what I'm hearing you say is there's space for us to ask for a lot more. Right. I think the hard part is sitting yourself down and asking yourself the questions. What do I want? What do I want to create? What am I good at? What am I passionate about? You know, what have people given me feedback on where they've said to me, you're such a good blank, you know, you know, whether it's you're so good with color, you know, I mean, I love what you guys do because I'm in awe of what you do because you are helping people create their most sacred spaces. I think home is a sacred space. All these events in everybody's lives get played out in this backdrop and you can create it to be however you want it to be. But in the same way you ask your clients really smart questions, because when you and I got together, I was talking about my bathroom and redoing my bathroom. And you said, what do you want the feeling to be? So again, that's going back inside. The end product is asking the questions up front about what you're creating. So as you're thinking about creating a business for yourself, you do have to ask some of those questions, you know? How big do I want to be? Who do I want to work with? What, you know, what am I excited about? What do I, where do I, somebody was talking about expanding and contracting. Where do I feel when I walk in a room, I'm expanding, even physically, right? You can feel your shoulders open up and your chin's a little higher. Where are those spaces where you're contracting? where you're actually physically, you can kind of feel your shoulders rolling forward, you know? And then you can kind of figure out where your energy lies. You can find out where your skills lie and where your excitement lies. And that's what you lean into. I love that. I also want to touch on this idea that home is a sacred space because one of the things that it was really hard to drum into my head is the work that I do is important. It felt like the work that I did was fun when I first started. It felt like the work that I did was beneficial to some people. But I wonder how different your business might be if you began to think of the homes and the offices, uh, the landscaping projects as being sacred spaces. And you're invited to consult on these sacred spaces for clients. I wonder how you would approach everything you do. I love that. It's like, I know there's a difference and I don't know quite as much about your field, but I have a few friends who are interior designers, but some people call themselves decorators and some people call themselves interior designers. And I know there's degrees for interior design, but even those two phrases are very different. If you think about it, decoration feels like the last little flourishes you might put on the top of a cake and interior design, you know, we're talking about an inside job and thinking about what you want from the inside out It is interior design and these spaces that we're talking about in terms of creating sacred spaces that sort of leans into that interior design phrase a little more to me. If I think about being magnetic, wouldn't I automatically be more magnetic to my clients if I thought of those projects as sacred projects? And if I valued the work that I do as something more than just superficial? Yes, Yeah, I think people feel it. I think people feel what you're thinking. 
wow. So you just think energetically, whatever internal messaging I have going on is being broadcasted somehow to the people around me. I believe it is. Yes. You know, you walk into certain spaces, you feel better. You're you with certain people, you feel better. And I believe it's because they're sending out good messages. So then the, this idea going back to what you started with, which is you take care of yourself via meditation, via dance, meditation, therapy, gong baths, whatever it takes, we are obligated to do that for ourselves if we intend to give our clients our best efforts and our best energy. Yes. And you can, you can run, you can, like I said, go to a church, you can go to a museum, you can be out in nature and go walk through a forest. All those things and any of those things that do that for you are people, you'll feel better. And when you feel better, everybody else feels better. So I certainly remember a time in my life, a very long period in my life where I knew that I needed to do those kinds of things. But I was so overwhelmed and strapped for time. And those are the exact things I put off and I put off and I put off. So what would you say to somebody who's earlier on the path, who keeps pushing those things away? How would you, how would you instruct that person to stop and make sure they incorporate those things into their lives? So, I mean, I remember being very hands-on with a young son I think that you could take your kid with you to the forest and play. I mean, you can do some of those things with others. The other thing I found out for myself is when I think I'm saving time by not meditating in the morning, I've tested this. When I, as a creative person, when I go through my day, I'm less efficient. So when I meditate, David Lynch talked about meditation a lot, and he said that before he learned about it, he was fishing and catching fish, but at the top of the ocean. But when you learn to meditate, the line goes deeper and you're catching bigger fish further down. And I believe that what happens is as a creative person, those connections you want to make, the inspiration that you want to do connects with your brain and you're able to increase your output. It actually saves you time. Investing in your own self helps me, and I believe others would find the same thing, make those creative connections faster. You know, suddenly, you know, the woman who taught me to meditate said, suddenly the person you need to talk to is just going to kind of appear and you'll have a hallway conversation. So I find more synchronicity and I find my creative work because I'm refreshed. The work is better and it's faster when I'm doing it. Oh, wow. Okay, so two things. Somebody once told me that meditation could be reading baseball stats if you are totally absorbed and into reading baseball stats. So for those of you who have the eye roll thing going on because we're talking about meditation, I get it. But you can meditate by being completely and totally absorbed in a decorating magazine or in a great book or, you know, playing golf, you could be completely and totally absorbed and take care of your soul, I guess, if you will, in that way. So, so that's one thing. And then the other thing is like how crazy Val and I were hanging out. Val lives in um, Michigan. Uh, we were hanging out a couple weeks ago. I was sharing with you about this beautiful 
home I got to go visit in Venice Beach, California. I was telling you a little bit about the house. I was telling you how they had chickens. They're just the coolest couple ever. He does this, she does that. And you turn around and say, oh my gosh, is that Helen so-and-so? And that blew my mind. So you went to university with Helen. You guys danced together. I met her in California, had nothing to do with you. And then we just got together for a weekend and boom, she's back in your life. I love it. Yeah, that kind of stuff just will weirdly happen. But it's magic, right? And it does. Incredible. Yeah. Okay. So one of the things that I wish I had done when I was younger is to carve out more sacred time for myself. Um, I always told myself the lie that as soon as I finished this task, I would then go do the nice thing for myself. But when that task finished, there was another one to take its place, and then there was another, and then there was another. And so it became like, I will start exercising after Christmas, or I will go to yoga once this project is finished. And years went by. So if you can do whatever it takes now to stop lying to yourself and carve out some space so you can recharge your battery, I think that that will push you forward in your business in a way that overworking yourself never will. Totally agree. What about that designer who doesn't have enough customers? Maybe she's new to the business. Maybe she's moved to a new town. Maybe he's changed his niche or his niche, what can that person who's listening do to become more magnetic and attract the next client? Okay, that's a great question. So if we're just talking marketing right now, I feel like, you know, there's this guy named Simon Sinek who wrote a book and he was talking about, we spent a lot of time talking about what we do, you know, so it'd be like, I'm an interior designer. We talk a little bit about how we do it, our process and things like that. But what he said was, you know, even the how might be some differentiators, but what he said was go to the why, go to the purpose of what you're doing, you know, and the purpose of what you're doing is probably connected to your personal story. Each of us has a personal story about why we're doing what we're doing. And, and out of that personal story is the emotional connection to your business. So that emotional connection is magnetic to people. Because if you think about how you talk about other businesses or things like that, you, you know, think about Tom's shoes. Okay, he's the one who decided to give a pair of shoes away for everyone that was sold. Okay, even the dry cleaner in town, there's one dry cleaner near me. They take care of all the really, really nice clothes. You know, if you don't want your clothes wrecked, they're going to, they know what a nice blouse is. They're going to take care of it. There's another dry cleaner that might have um, tailor alterations on the, you know, in the premises. So you could show up and they could instantly tailor your clothes for you. So thinking about like, you know, it, the tailor who's doing the alterations, their why might be focused around, I want everybody to look beautiful in their clothes. So all the decisions they're going to make about their business go back to making everybody look beautiful in their clothes. So it includes other things besides just cleaning the garments. So I think if you're thinking about your business that way, um, it helps you have a story. It helps you connect to that emotional piece of it. You know, you think about like 
the difference between Target and Walmart. Target is focused on design. They, they want it to be affordable, but they want it to look beautiful too. And they've affiliated with all these designers over the years. Walmart wants to save you money so you can live a better life, you know? So you can think about Ikea, brand like Ikea, that's cheap furniture. You can take it with you, assemble it. It's, you know, it's got a whole Swedish vibe going on. You think about Crate and Barrel, that's a different brand. They've got different things happening. So I think if you can think about why you're doing what you're doing, that will help. And then I think if you can think about what makes you different, that's part of your story too. Like, um, you know, you and I were talking and you said your point of difference is that you're, you're known for bringing things in on time and on budget. That's a great thing because that addresses a lot of fears that people have. They're everywhere. We read them about contractors and interior designers. You know, I, I'm not going to really know how much this is going to cost me, you know? So I think if you can really have a true partnership with a client and have that integrity early on about this is who I am. This is why I'm doing it. This is what I stand for. And this is what I'm going to do for you and legitimately deliver on it. Like that's a whole loop of trust that then you have a relationship for a long time. And then guess what? You get free publicity because you're going to have brand evangelists. And we all know that some of the most successful businesses actually don't even have to use marketing because the people you've made happy are going to tell 10 of their friends how fabulous you are. And then those people call you up and then they have 10 more friends. And so basically your marketing is what you're doing. I'm imagining, and maybe this isn't true, that if I speak to a business of design community person and say, why do you do this for a living? They might say something like, well, I I've had talent... I love interior design. I want to make people happy and this is a way I can do it. But I think what you're asking is for us to even go a little bit deeper. Why, 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 why any of that, right? I grew up in a house that was fairly chaotic. I would come home and I wouldn't quite know what I was getting into when I came through the doors. Um, And so one of the things that was fundamental to my personality is I wanted a home that was calm. And even at a very young age, I wanted a home that anybody could come over at any time and not have to make an appointment and everything would be fine. Does that make sense? Like I wanted a house you could drop into without everybody going, oh my God, quick, hide this stuff. (laughs) So I, I love that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a place of truth. And you instantly get fans when you speak your truth. So how do I articulate that to my clients then? How do I use that messaging? Or do I need to? Will everything I do just be about that? Oh, that's a good question. Um, you know, I think, I don't think your personal story has to be the full story for your business because you want to put the lens on the people you're selling to. So I think the message for the people you're selling to and helping is that you understand in your mind, a home should be a place of comfort and a place where people can feel happy gathering, you know, unannounced like that you want to help create these feelings of 
you know, joy. Yeah. And probably part of that is orderliness, right? I, I, I really want a place for everything and everything in its place. And I always do. And I know you can take that too far and be rigid, but that feels best to me. That feels great to me. And so I, I was talking to a client uh, last week and uh, we did some inserts for her, the drawers in her new kitchen, and she wanted us to remove one of the inserts. She's going to put all of her tall like barbecue tools and spatulas in this one drawer. And I said, but then they'll all just be mixed up. And she said, well, that's okay. That's how I like it. I'm like, no. No, like I kind of start sweating, like, no, I need the barbecue tools to be in one slot and the spatulas in another slot. And she says, I can see this is a thing for you, but this is not a thing for me. (laughs) So I seriously left there thinking I need some more therapy for sure. No, I I think Marie Kondo would be very proud of you right now. (laughs) Oh, okay. So I do want to check out this Simon. So think about your why, think about your personal story. And I have found even if you can connect with the why and the personal story, even if you don't articulate it specifically to your clients, it will be more present and more top of mind as you're doing your job. Yes. I think that's true. I think at the end of the day, you know, for marketing, you have to understand who your who your market is. Who are you talking to? And I think if you're in business, you have a clear understanding of the people you're attracting. Now, that doesn't mean you want to continue to attract those same people. Maybe you want to change up the people you're attracting. You want a certain client, but you're getting this other kind of client. So what about your messaging do you need to shift to attract this different client? So going back to that person who doesn't have enough business or is new to town or wants to change gears and appeal to a different kind of client, it's worth it for that person to stop what they're doing and ask themselves why and really craft an exact picture of where they want to be, right? Which is counterintuitive because you think you just want one client, any client, someone who's breathing will do. So is it, is it worth it to stop everything and figure it out? Yes, it is. You know, I recently saw an Overstock.com TV commercial, and I felt really sorry for them because they named their company Overstock.com, and now they're having to run very expensive TV commercials to say people think Overstock.com is just leftover surplus things that we're selling, but it's not true. We have everything you need. So the problem is they didn't name themselves well at the beginning. So if you don't name yourself well, you might have to spend a lot of money later to correct it. If you don't think about what you really want early on, then you've paid a lot of money to to design a website that's not going to work for you. So you could name yourself poorly. You could you know, begin, spend all this money to begin marketing yourself poorly. And then you've made all this stuff that you realize later was a mistake. So it's, it is kind of like interior design, right? People pick out a lot of stuff, they make a lot of mistakes, then they bring you in and you have to rip out a lot of stuff. You don't want to be doing that with your own marketing and branding. Wow. And I'm no expert in marketing in any way, shape or form, but I got a bad feeling about overstock.com being able to sell that messaging. 
That name is so powerful. I can't imagine what they could do to overcome that. Yeah, it would be rough. Yep. All right. Back to the drawing board, everybody. Get really clear on your messaging so you attract the clients you want, those clients you desire. Such good advice. I've seen that a lot. People do websites. uh, They're about to launch on creating a new website, and they'll say, I want luxury high-end clients. And maybe they've had middle-end budgets, uh, which are lovely, but they want those luxury clients. And then they'll go to create a new website, and the website will say, here are the design services we offer, the full design build package, and then we have these e-design, you know, for $1,000, we'll do this and we'll do that. And I think, like, you just confused the luxury client. Like, what do you do? Do you do right? Do you do design via email or do you come and do design build, right? You kind of have to make some hard choices if you really intend to get different clients. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Because everything you create has to be around who you're talking to and what do you want to say. And if you can answer, you know, if people are clear on those two things for me, I can help them build whatever they need to build. But you're right. If you're talking to a luxury client, it's different than talking to somebody who really needs to change up what they have and can't afford to spend a lot of money. And both clients are awesome. It's who do you want to work with? Right. Right. And which which one feels like the right space for you to be in, right? If you're really not comfortable in one market or the other, it's a hard transition to force yourself to be something that you don't think you are. That's right. You have to, I think, you know, you have to have some truth to what your message is. If there's no truth, there's no integrity and there's no authenticity. And then you have to fake your way into stuff. And that's not a good place to be in because everybody knows when you're faking your way into stuff. So again, being genuine, being honest, knowing where your skill sets are, you know, and you probably have some good fans out there who could give you some great feedback. You know, I'm working with a friend now to help her with a project and she knows who her clients are. They're middle-aged women, you know, and they're often a little bit shy. So those two pieces of information help me with her messaging. Ooh, interesting. You always have the coolest clients and client stories happening. And ultimately, we are all trying to sell something. So for those of us who always felt, and I certainly used to feel that I was not good at selling, I do feel like I'm way better at it now. But how can we make our offer of purchasing something to clients more magnetic? How does it translate there? So... I think, you know, part of this is you guys, you're talking face to face to everybody all the time and you're creating a blueprint for what you're going to do for them. You have the advantage of a lot of FaceTime with a client. And so I think you can do a lot of educating that would feel very genuine. You know, I often find times when a client wants to do something, I'll offer them what they think they want and I'll offer them an alternative and I'll say, you can for sure do this. You can also do this. And here's the advantage of each one. You know, you could buy this, in the case of a designer, maybe you could buy this cheaper sofa 
it's probably going to last you four or five years. You can buy this other one and it'll probably last you 15 years. So it's a matter of, you know, helping them understand what they're giving up or what they're getting, you know? And then if you guys, you know, I, I remember you, I'm, I'm not going to pretend to be an interior designer, but some people have certain things that they know are good. Like I remember reading one woman always puts something black in a room because she feels like it sort of grounds the room. So there may be other things that you totally believe, like having something handmade in every room makes it feel like a real room versus like you just ran out to some store and bought a lot of stuff that isn't really personal stuff, you know? So if you can help educate them, I think you'll be able to upsell or cross-sell in a way that doesn't feel like they're being sold. And then have confidence that your suggestion is the right suggestion. Uh, and maybe that just takes time. I definitely did not feel confident when I first started this business. But once I got systems and strategies in place, then I felt like I had the bandwidth to really be comfortable and make a case for the things I wanted clients to buy. You know, yes, this is expensive, but here's why you should do it. Um and it feels good. It feels really good when you convince a client to do something like that. And I've never once had a client say, I am so sorry you you had me spend money on that thing. I, that has never happened in my entire career. In fact, sometimes the things that are really expensive are the things that clients talk about forever, about how much they love and appreciate that item. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think you, if you're honest too, you can say, hey, I'd spend the money here, but you could save on the money here, you know, so they don't feel like they're being oversold. You're being honest and you're being genuine about some of this stuff. Absolutely. So Val, we like to end every episode with something we call design intervention. It's just really smart business <laughs> advice, something someone taught you. It does not have to be related to the, the topic, uh, just invaluable advice from one rockin' female entrepreneur to another rockin' entrepreneur of whatever sex <laughs> is listening. Uh, I love that. So I think the more you can differentiate yourself, the better. So for instance, you know, we touched on a little bit, you're known for being, bringing things in on time and on budget. Business, small businesses that make themselves different in some way they're more successful they just are you know because you're not the one that's doing everything so you know like when I was having my kitchen redesigned I talked to a friend she said oh this person is the kitchen designer so of course that's who I'm going to use you know somebody else is the bathroom designer somebody else is the green designer, somebody else may know more about smart homes. And I just saw that, you know, uh, Vern Yip is doing a talk in Virginia on how to make your home more dog friendly. So I think, you know, these personal passions that you have could be a way in. It's not saying that every home you're going to design is going to be dog friendly, but it's a foot in the door. And then you can, you can open yourself up to other things, you know, because I, worked with this kitchen designer, he might've given me some great advice for my living room too. And I would have taken and paid him for it, you know? So 
That is so funny. I was having a conversation with uh, another friend, uh, similar age to me, and I was, you know, complaining about my neck. Like I just think about getting my neck lifted pretty much every day. <laughs> and I'm like, she had, uh, she had her eyes lifted. She had her nose done. She looks fabulous. And I'm like, oh my gosh, maybe your guy could do my neck. And she said, no, neck guys do necks. You don't go to someone who does eyes to do your neck. And I was like, oh my God, that <laughs> seems so self-evident, but I don't think I would have thought of it, right? Yeah, you're, she's right. You want the neck guy, but you look beautiful, so don't have any work done. You look great just the way you are. You're, I, you know what I need to do? Just a little duct tape behind the ears. That's what I need. <laughs> it's genius. All right. Such good advice and always lovely to talk to you, my magnetic friend, Valerie Foley. Thank you so much. Thank you, my lovely friend, Kimberly Selden. So great to catch up with you. Bye. Thank you for being a part of the Business of Design community. If you love what you hear on the podcast, take the next step by signing up at businessofdesign.com. As our thank you, you'll gain access to Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy, a free introductory course which includes three Business of Design systems you can implement for immediate results. And when you're ready for success, a Business of Design membership, monthly or annual, will dramatically improve your business and your life. What are you waiting for? Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.